This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. I'm Tanya, your host of Fail Better. Today I welcome Simon Gray. Simon holds an MA degree in Public Art and Design from Chelsea College of Art. You have coordinated several community arts projects across New Zealand, and recent projects in Christchurch include a bread companion at Festa 2018, and at present you work on See It, Hear It, Touch It, Taste It, Smell It, Map It, a multisensorial discovery on Linwood and Philipstone, is that correct? Yep. In collaboration with Tiny Shops Village. Welcome, Simon. Thank you, Laura. <laughs> so you have a long track record as an art, um, you have a long track record as an artist, and you've been working with diverse communities and mostly using art. With a communal loaf, you work around the art of bread. How did the idea to work around bread making come about? Um, well, I suppose going a long way back, bread. I think my father used to make bread, but um, he, it was only for his toast in the morning because it was quite a dense loaf and it wasn't necessarily, um, how can I politely put it, a family favourite. Um, but You had to endure his loaf? Yeah, yeah, endure, yeah, maybe. Um, but I think that was because we were quite young and we were used to that soft sort of sliced loaf which had um that kind of sponge bread yeah exactly which you oh. could probably clean the top of your um counter down with better than you could actually eat it but mm -hmm. that was what we were brought up with that sort of bread mm -hmm. and it's funny because where i was um born in the uk somewhere called st albans mm -hmm. um is close to chorley wood which is famous for the chorley wood bread process which is the way that they be able to start from scratch and produce a loaf of bread within about 20 minutes because of adding all the all those numbers you see on the packs of sliced white loaf and then they would fill it with air and um, ascorbic acid and then put it through a machine and it would come out the other end as your sliced white loaf. So that's mm -hmm. known as the Chorley Wood bread process. Mm -hmm. thing. So I don't think they're quite um, pleased with their connection to that. <laughs> um, so, you know... That started my, well, whether it was an interest in bread, I don't know. And then when coming to New Zealand in 2002, we arrived, mm -hmm. somebody gave me a sourdough starter, um, mm -hmm. one of our neighbours, and I kept it and started making bread with that. And it just, that just became, you know, we'd make a daily loaf or a loaf a week for at home. Mm -hmm. And it carried on like that for about 10 years. And then I moved down to Wellington and... An art project, uh, a call for projects to look at um, how you could different economies, and it was an interesting way because it was looking at how, um, without using money, you could actually develop connections. And so, mm -hmm. I had I came to the idea of using the sourdough starter as mm -hmm. a way of connecting people. So, I produced. Well, I think 30 or 40 sourdough starters in the fridge, which wasn't very popular at home because it was just full up with jars of wet sourdough starter. So for those of you who don't know what a sourdough starter is, it's just flour and water left to collect the natural yeasts and microbes in the air and then it becomes alive mm -hmm. and then it bubbles and you keep feeding it and they use that instead of yeast to make your bread. Okay. So we took that and we gave it out to about 40 or 50 people. The project was based in Porodua, 
And then we called all those people together to come and make bread communally. Yeah. And that's sort of where my interest in bread beyond um, it's just being looked at as a food, but as a way of connecting it. But of course, it is the food element that is that brings people together. In any in many cultures, the celebration, the festivals, food is the central part. But sometimes it's for, it's sort of there at the sideline. But you know, you provide something, and then you say, "We've got kai." You know, we've got food. You know, bring your food, a potluck. That is the thing that brings together and it also generates the communication, the conversations and everything, which makes it um, a really good thing to bring people together. It's interesting because, I mean, you have a background in arts. I also have, well, I've also doing my share in arts and I, we always, I remember always being told that arts was this kind of universal language, bringing people together as well. And actually what you're saying as well is that actually food and actually the bread Seems to have been a, seems to be a stronger connector actually, with maybe the advantage of not having the same kind of costs. Am I right? Or yeah, in, in, it's funny because co cost um, sourdough bread is often seen as an expensive thing that you go to the market and buy it. I was going to say yes, I was going to see it more as a niche thing and something of artisanal bread, and, and I'm thinking of price actually more. Than yeah, but when you actually expensive. come down to it and make it yourself, one. And, you know, the connection to the pandemic, the original lockdown and things and flour flying off the shelves and no yeast available. Mm -hmm. You don't have to pay for your own yeast because you've already got your um, yeast starter there ready mm -hmm. to go. As long as you've got the flour to make it, you can make the bread. Um, we actually did when we were in Porarua with the project there, um, looked at the cost of making a your own sourdough loaf at home, including the power to bake it. Um, And it came to about 50 cents. <laughs> so wow. even that undercuts what you could afford to buy the, the $1 loaf that they had at the local dairy to try and get you in because mm -hmm. it's so cheap. You can actually make the bread cheaper yourself. And the, and if you're doing it with friends and things and you can make more, it becomes even cheaper. So it's funny that often it's the same with brown bread. Brown bread used to be the bread for the people who couldn't afford the white bread. And then it changed mm. around when they realized that it was all the goodness in the brown bread. Yes. And it was the white bread that had <laughs> taken all that out. So, of course, <laughs> those who could afford, afford it swapped it around. So it came the other way around. I have a feeling already by just explaining um, how you came about to make bread, you've already kind of answered my second question, which was about exactly that. When we're working in the community and we want to work around arts, it's always a challenge to find the funding because art, making art is mostly quite expensive. And actually, um, I was going to say as well, at one at one stage somehow, especially now with our current pandemic, with all, I would say, the uncertainty and the fears which are around, we actually need even more, I think, to connect and to bring our communities together. Um, what do you think we can do or what do you, how do you see or envisage right now the bread making as a possibility to go on, considering all the restrictions, all the safety measures, how do you think that could go on and how are you adapting as well, I would say, to the current yeah. situation? Well, Through another project I'm involved with through Communal Loaf called uh, Together Through Bread, we, up until um, this second um, lockdown, we've been, we're doing a series of workshops and people come together mm -hmm. making bread, sharing it, mm -hmm. eating it at the end, which have been very successful and really good as a way of developing exactly those connections within mm -hmm. communities across Christchurch. Um, I think 
apart from having common sense, and when you're working with food, there is a certain amount of common sense about cleanliness, and especially when you're doing it together and things, mm-hmm. and people are aware of that. That um, and you know social distancing, we can start again with um, running workshops. You know, but as we were talking before we came in to do the recording, there is a certain amount of tension and stress within the community or across the country, or across the world, perhaps. Probably Um, across the world, I'm sure. Where you're, how much can you plan with things and suddenly changing? And and I guess with um, the bread making, there isn't such a huge cost involved in setting that up. So if, if for some reason it has to stop, there's not a big loss. So it's quite a good way that you can, we can offer the workshops and if they don't happen, we can just postpone them till the next time and things without having to put a huge amount of money out there. Whereas if, as you say, if you're doing an art project, you might have to invest a lot of time and you're making your work and things mm-hmm. and then you're going to exhibit it or show it or do whatever the project is. You are investing a lot more actual money in to do that. So there's a there's a bigger loss if it doesn't happen. So actually what I'm hearing here is that the 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 art of bread making has definitely that kind of strength, the fact that it's quite flexible and mobile and actually resilient in that sense. Because we can really work around this kind of unforeseen circumstance. Whereas Ad, you're totally right, needs way more planning, way more yeah. I would say structure in a way than one would think of. So well on that note we will have a short break now with uh Isiel Ye Delio Haidutin. That's the song you <laughs> well chose <laughs> by Valia Balkanska. I'm sorry for the very bad uh, pronunciation for the Bulgarian people and listeners amongst you, but that's the song that, that that Simon has chosen and we'll be back to you in a few minutes. Thank you.
just mentioned now the, uh, I would say, the spontaneous element about bread making, the resilience about making bread. And that brings me actually as well to my next question. In my previous podcast, Giovanna, who is a psychologist, was talking about um, the fact that fear of failure is rather unknown to kids because they play and not necessarily know the purpose or the consequences about things. It makes them experiment and try things out. In regards to community arts and bread making, did you notice a difference when offering the workshops with adults and children? Did you see that, for example, creating art, people were more fearful of making mistakes or not doing the right thing? Or did you notice it more with making bread? Did you notice any kind of, I would Uh, say, yes, fears maybe or uncertainties or insecurities popping up or that idea of failing? Yeah, it's it's really interesting, that idea of failing and things, because um, putting bread to one side at the moment, but with art, I think it's a, a wonderful tool to allow failure to happen. And you can experiment, you can try, you set your own problems and you then fail and then you have to try and solve those problems and be, and you can do it. But you don't always know it in that in those terms. You're just trying out your different art. And I see it um, with some of the people I work in, one of my other jobs as um, the art coordinator at the White Room Creative Space, where we work with adults with intellectual disabilities. They're doing it all the time. They're just, you know, expressing themselves, but things don't work and, you know, they get annoyed, crunch up the paper and throw it in the bin and then start again and things. Mm-hmm. And it's problem solving. Bread, um, it's really funny. I, I find people are quite fearful of making bread. Really? Some people, you notice, even people who are quite confident in the kitchen, going about making things and coming up with beautiful recipes and food, breads, it seems to be one thing that you know, they'd much rather just go down the shop and buy a loaf of bread and things. And I wonder if it's the time involved because it is such a simple, you know, basic um, ingredients, you know, just flour, water, salt and yeast, and you've got a loaf of bread. But it's the type time involved. And what I found with sourdough bread making is that it's actually much more forgiving of making mistakes. You can treat it quite badly, forget about it, leave it in the fridge and things, and it still wants to come alive and it still wants to be a loaf of bread and things. And you still can eat it. Oh, yeah. And it's not going to be like that loaf your father made. It's not going to be at all like (laughs) a challenge. And even now I've made bread and and then tasted it and think, oh, I've forgotten the salt, which is obviously a crucial thing. You really Mm -hmm. recognise a loaf that hasn't. But, you know, you can be doing it for many years and still make mistakes and things and just learn to do it. And that idea of ch- children can be much more, oh, let's just chuck it in and see what comes out with the bread. And bread, you know, with if you think of the simple four ingredients you've got and then look around the world at all the varieties of bread. you know, some amazing. Of, yeah, it's probably a few of those have been accidents. Things have dropped in. And I have a feeling bread making probably started as an accident. They feel that in Egypt, when they were making beer, that it may have left it a bit and it became the sourdough starter and bubbled up or flour and water. And so, you know, as to quote Bob Ross, the artist, there's only happy accidents. There's never mistakes. (laughs) It's interesting that you're mentioning that idea that even experienced, uh, I would say, cooks or people who really know their way around the kitchen are having that kind of 
I would say, fear of making red or that kind of in, in, in uncertainty happening. I wouldn't have imagined that. I would have imagined that the threshold would be higher with, with arts, that people would, especially growing older, that people would say, oh, no, I can't draw, I can't paint, I can't do this. Whereas with bread, I would have thought it's kind of easily accessible. That's my, my first idea I would have had in mind. So it's interesting that you're bringing that yeah. up. Yeah, but even with across, you know, whether it's um, young children or adults, you know, you can get mixes within a group. Mm -hmm. I'm a very much throw it in, mix Let's it up, out. see what comes out. Mm -hmm. Whereas I did one um, workshop, we were working with somebody, and they were, every five seconds they were asking, so what temperature did you say? Was it 39 degrees 0.5 centigrade or was it 40 degrees? And I said, well, I'm not sure. And they had actually made their own proofing, so that, that um, a proofing box, which is where you put your dough mm. to leave it to rest. And they had that at a temperature controlled <laughs> setting and things. And I thought that's totally alien to me. But for them, they wanted to know all that science behind, you know, and trying to get the same loaf every time. Yeah. I wondered actually. Um because we were talking about variety and you were just saying that probably with the Egyptians, it was probably even, who knows, a happy mistake which happened and has been, I would say, well, so successful now that we know so many varieties all over the world. Um, I was just wondering, um, do we, yeah, how should I put it? Is that I that need of like wanting to know the exact temperature? What you were just mentioning that that need of of creating every single time the same bread. Not that idea again of, well, what we were looking for when we're commercializing it or making it perfect. That it has to be every time the same standard, the same criteria. Is that? Yeah. Well, I I find you know bake, baking bread in a just in your oven at home and things. You know. I don't mind if it comes out a bit of a different shade or a different mm -hmm. shape and things, but, you know, go, going on to social media and you look at something for sourdough, you know, especially after lockdown, people sourdough became a thing. People were trying to get that perfect loaf. It was all about the look of it. Oh, look at my loaf on Instagram and things. <laughs> I know somebody did set up an alternative one to say, look at my mistakes I've made in the bread making. That's really amazing. That's amazing that somebody had, I would say, the courage and the guts to say, look at how bad yeah, it Yeah, look, at, it's up. really dense. It didn't rise as much, uh -huh. or, you know. And so, And it's nice because... You can get the idea when you see people put the perfect loaf up that they've probably made 10 or 15 that never come out quite like that. And, you know, food photography is, you know, a real big thing and how you take it and make it. I was it. going to say, depending on the light and the way you work in Photoshop, you can still make a quite crappy bread look, I would yeah. say, pretty reasonable. So. And Yeah, and of course, it's the taste. Yeah, Of course. It's, and yeah. going back to the whole thing, connections with people and things yeah. you know sharing bread and it wasn't until only a, only a couple of years ago that i found out that the word companion means with bread so it's oh where did you the, find that where does yeah I didn't in know another that. book yeah because they, yeah. they 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 did a project called um i can't remember what they did and they did a mobile sort of bakery and it was called something companion and they said why they chose that so compagnette so mm -hmm. Um, in yeah, French. Latin yeah. and then French Latin. and things. And so, um, and I thought, yeah, of course. I, it makes sense. It does absolutely make sense that you, you know, you have bread to share with somebody and they, they're your companion and then you can just expand that out to 
sharing with the community and things. It's interesting that you're just bringing up, on the one hand, I would say the, the authentic side of bread making, which is about, I think, the connections and the joys, but still nevertheless a need which exists like to put it on Instagram and show off the having, creating that image and where I think something is maybe getting lost in a way, because if it's just about showing off how good and perfect your bread is, What what is where is the essence of the bread making the joy of making it the joy of sharing it that that yeah. part is I have the feeling getting lost but and that that go, you know that thing is and on Instagram it's just one person making a loaf and showing it and things but mm -hmm. you know the the idea with the project of bringing together people a communal loaf was to actually make bread together and that's how it used to be I mean it used yes. to be. You know, on a small scale in a village, it would be the women of the village would often be the ones who would be making all the bread and then it would go out and everybody would share and they would have a, you know, a, a connection. And I really liked the idea of when they were actually doing all the kneading of the bread in a, um, what was called a dough trough. Mm -hmm. That was where, the, the, you know, they would, you know, it would be the village gossip, who was doing what, it would be putting the pro solving the problems of the world, all happened around the... Um, place where you did the work for kneading the bread and everything so you know it was it's a good it's a good in all its processes bread making to provide that opportunity to for people to come together and communicate because you know there's long gaps when you're waiting for the bread to rise but that's a perfect time to have a cup of tea and a chat and exactly. then you go back and do the work and then the cooking at the end of it you've got something you can share with people so yeah it's a lovely process <laughs> I wanted to say thank you, Simon, for all your very deep insights. Um, this is Tanya for Fail Better. I would say thank you for listening. I think it was very interesting to hear how bread actually and the art of bread making is actually a very strong connection, maybe even going beyond the, I would say, arts because of its flexibility, because of what you just mentioned, being so resilient, being able to adapt being able to be, I would say, not to be too expensive as well, that we can basically do it anytime, anywhere, and we can just work around it, even when we have now a situation like the current one, which is with lots of uncertainties and lots of fears, and it can bring us together as well. What you were mentioning as well, it was off the record, literally and metaphorically. We can also work outside. It doesn't have to be necessarily an indoor space. We can do it outside, so we can actually bring in more people. We can keep that safe distance and nevertheless still connect and enjoy bread together and talk and and would say make those connections they're so important nowadays so we will finish our program with I would say a very appropriate song you chose Breaking Bread by Johnny Cash have a great week ahead thank you Breaking Bread Breaking Bread We are gathered here together to break bread Breaking Bread Breaking Bread We are gathered here together to break bread It's not the barley or the wheat It's not the oven or the heat That makes this bread so good to eat It's the kneading and the sharing That makes the meal complete Breaking bread, breaking bread We are gathered here together to break bread Breaking bread, breaking bread We are gathered here together to break bread
upon the water bread is cast the last is first the first is last for everyone who eats this bread there are thousands maybe more that will be fed breaking bread breaking bread we are gathered here together to break bread breaking bread breaking bread we are gathered here together to break bread breaking bread breaking bread we are gathered here together to break bread 